0: Hello and welcome to The Witches You Didn't Burn. My name is Marky. My name's Claire. And today I am drinking Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine Mountain Mule. It is spicy. Today I am drinking vodka and mango juice. Do you remember all through college we just drank yes. so much cranberry juice and vodka because they're like, there's cranberry juice, it's good for our urinary tract, it's fine. <laughs> That's what we would pregame with. Well... So
1: we would usually start with wine, like yes. a nice sweet wine, and then we would drink. Start with vodka and cranberry juice because we thought that that would help, you know, throughout the night. We were not like party girls or anything.
0: No, this but, is just like a Friday night. Yeah. We're at the farm. It's not. There's only like four of us because it'd be me, Claire, her boyfriend, and then Matt.
1: Yes, and we'd sit by the bonfire and drink. So this was the beginning of our night. Make sure, you know, healthy, health-conscious girls that we were, we'd start with vodka and cranberry juice. Every time I drink vodka now, I think of that.
0: I, re- I still drink um, vodka and cranberry juice. and I just reminisce about the time yeah. that you got my, um, I used to work at GNC, which is a health food store, and they have shaker bottles. And Claire made us cranberry juice and vodka, and, uh, except she went backwards that she put the cranberry juice in oh my first, god <laughs> And then like, cause the top gets bigger, like it gets lighter. Mm -hmm. And so there was like, I forgot about that. A quarter or more bottle of cranberry juice in this shaker bottle. I still
1: tend to put my alcohol in first because of that very reason. Yes. Oh God. Yes. (laughs) Because otherwise (laughs) it's just, I like the idea of the glass being full, not full of alcohol, but full. (laughs) And so if I do not put the mixer in last it will be almost 90% alcohol
0: I can attest to this as yes, probably happened a couple times I remember you drinking that and you just like kind of spitting it out of your mouth what is this it was just straight vodka yes and we did not buy high quality vodka
1: no 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 it was quantity over quality for sure always well, we we got like good whiskey and and wine and stuff like that. So vodka, we weren't paying money for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So welcome to episode five, the last episode of our Salem Witch Trials series. If you guys have been here with us, you've heard all of our rants about these wonderful women that were wrongly persecuted, and also all of the family tea. It's we been have fantastic. Gone-
1: through a lot of details about these women. Super interesting. If you guys want to go check out the other episodes, that's great. If you want to start on this episode, you might be a little lost. If we're honest, even if you go back one episode, I think it'll be a better choice than ending on the conclusion
0: kind of wrap up of all this. It gets it was so interesting. Honestly, I think one of my favorite parts of this whole journey is just really diving into it and just understanding that like, you know, there is so much more to it than what the quick 10-minute lecture I got in high school. And I yeah. found the Salem Witch Trials interesting because I did end up reading a couple books in high school about it.
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of information out there. And it's it, it honestly is kind of like watching a movie or a TV show where all the characters kind of mingle together, mm-hmm. even though they seem separate. And that'll become a lot more prevalent today when we talk about kind of wrapping up. So basically how it's going to go today is Marky's going to talk about the beginning of the witch trials. And one of our two main uh, hates of this series is uh, Judge Hawthorne, which uh, presided over a couple (laughs) of the trials that we've talked about. Um, And the Putman family, which if you know, we've talked a lot of shit about them too, because they're awful people. And so I'll be covering the Putmans and the kind of what wound down the witch trials and how that kind of all came to an end.
0: And just as like a small antidote disclaimer thing, if there's like we still we understand there's still probably people related to um, in the past and your past does not define you as a person today. Absolutely. But no. Fuck Ann Putman.
1: Fuck Judge Hawthorne. We are judging them merely on their choices that they
0: made at that time period. Not anyone today. No, that is not great. Okay, so I'm going to jump in and start with what caused the witch trials. So we're going to kind of take a step back and witch hunts in Europe began in 1300 to Um, 1330 the last known execution for witchcraft was in switzerland in 1782 in europe Um, the majority of the trials and executions happened in western germany the low countries france northern italy and switzerland obviously since there is colonization those ideals also did follow the way they identified witches began with suspicions or rumors accusations followed and then convictions and executions which we have obviously seen if you guys have been following us through the first episode. The Salem Witch Trials and Executions came about as a result of combination of church politics, family feuds, hysterical children, all of which enfolded a vacuum of political authority. I personally, whenever I first learned about the witch trials, they really kind of went on with like, oh, they thought there was witches, There there's these girls. They put a lot of authority to the girls that were hysterical. So the village itself had a major social divide that was exacerbated by two of the families, the porters, which we actually did not talk about in this one, but they had had strong connections with the Salem town's wealthy merchants and the Putmans who wanted greater autonomy for the village and their squabbles over property were commonplace. And it just was not a great scene to be in for the time. (laughs) And so some of the resources suggested that um, Tubeta, who is the Paris's slave, Indian slave, um, we actually did not really get into her. She's still a very interesting woman. And I, I do remember reading about her, but since, you know, if we did a full series of every single person that was prosecuted, it'd be a very long series. I would take about a year. It, it probably would. Like we could probably make a whole podcast, but we there also was- want to 200 people accused so (laughs) yeah it would take at least a year if not more so to told voodoo tales to the paris's daughter his niece abigail milliams and their friend ann putman jr and then the girls started playing fortune telling and fortune teller that's what Mm. one of my resources said that's what one of the theories is about why the girls Mm. started kind of getting that third eye the learning a little bit more and personally i do tarot cards occasionally And I do think fortune telling does have a place. It's okay to kind of look around as like your kid. Because, you know, we all want to know the future. Maybe not in 1690s. In that days, I feel that would have been looked upon a little bit differently. Oh, very much so. In January of 1692, Betty and Abigail's increasingly strange behavior, described by at least one historian as juvenile delinquency, Again, that they could have been saying like, hey, there's nothing to do in a small town. Yeah, that doesn't mean a lot. Honestly, what the adults said back then didn't mean a lot back then. So no. And so they they started to include fits. They screamed, made odd noises, threw things, contorted their bodies and complained of biting and pinching sensations. So what some scholars believe is that behavior might have been resulted in some form of asthma and necophiliitis. Lyme disease, epilepsy, child abuse, delusional psychosis, convulsive egretism. The last is actually a disease caused by eating bread or cereal made of rye that's been affected with the fungus ergot, which can enlist vomiting, choking, fits, hallucination, and the sense of someone's crawling on their skin. So LSD, derivative of ergot. So the girls could have quite literally have eaten rotten bread. Which is obviously could be very easy. They
1: probably did. Not that I'm saying it absolutely caused that, but
0: for sure they ate rotted bread. Oh, yeah, because there's, and it would also be very easy because if there was moisture that came in or if like you're eating old stuff and they did have bad crops that year. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So they're probably eating older stuff than that they would have given to the cows, which would have been able to properly digest it. And it's just crazy. So the girls probably were having these symptoms. Yeah.
1: Well, and like Like, that just made me think. So sidebar, I'm watching Game of Thrones right now. And and there's a scene where some kid is having visions and how they showed (laughs) it. I was like, also context, I have seizures. So I was like, Oh, the kid's having a seizure. <laughs> My boyfriend was like, no, 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 it's a vision. I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen a seizure. That's that's what that kid's having. He's not seeing nothing. So, I mean, Fuck. it's it's not like they understood seizures or epilepsy or anything like that. It's completely possible, you know, You you kind of go... There are different kinds of seizures, obviously, but almost all of them, you go into some sort of trance. Yeah. Kind of, you know, your face goes blank or convulse or whatever. So...
0: Uh, that would seem pretty witch-like back then if you were looking for some witches. It really would, because it'd be very easy to look at that if you didn't know what's going on and you've heard rumors that their fortune-telling or like the um, tibetu, mm. or the slave or the maid or whatever has been saying like, oh, this is what you can do. And they're like, that's the devil. Yeah, and caesars are super prevalent and especially female, like
1: young mm-hmm. girls to teenagers. They get them regularly- I mean, not every single one of them, but you know, it's common for them to have them for a short period of time and then never have them again in their
0: life. Yeah. Um, so. cause I remember having, going to school and I went to a very small school guys. My graduating class was like six, 10 people. My sisters was four. <laughs> like it was small. It was very small, but even my, I remember in elementary school that there was a couple of kids in that school that had epilepsy. So modern medicine. Thank God. We know they're not being possessed by the devil. I would be in trouble. Oh my god, you would because you'd play <laughs> it up. You'd be like, fuck yeah, I am, you're gonna die. Obviously, I'm queen of hell. Oh, fascinating. So, and of course, medicine. The doctors had no fucking clue what was going on, or could like put it together that you know, maybe we shouldn't be eating this bread, because also it ergot does not just affect children, it does affect older people. But it's that upper range of older people. It's like if you're in good health, you're probably just going to feel shitty. There's a less chance that you're going to get super sick, just like a lot of stuff. It's it's amazing. So William Gr- Griggs put the blame on the supernatural at the suggestion of a neighbor, a witch cake. Heather, Ugh, fuck. Excuse me. Um, what's a witch cake? Do you want to take a wild guess, Claire? Is it a cake you make of witches? No, it's a cake made of urine from oh! one of the victims <laughs> and bread and like bread. So then they had these, so they had one Who of the girls, it? Or the girls do. No, it's so gross. <laughs> <I need> a-
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So it's the
0: victim's urine mm-hmm. and bread and then the victim eats it. Yeah, so like the, so like Abigail, we'll use Abigail as an example because mm-hmm. she was one of the girls that did eat a bitch cake because Harris <laughs> got very mad. She peed into a cup and then they made, instead of using water to make the bread, they used her urine. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But it was only her that ate it. So like it was a very small, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to make sure, like, it wasn't the whole family that was eating it or something because you know, resources. I understand a survival situation. You know, you got
1: you do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. I got it. I don't have a problem with that. But the idea of being like, I know how we'll solve this problem
0: pee in this cup, and then we're going to make bread. So, it's a what, was up <laughs> what was that art project? What was <laughs> that supposed to prove? So, after the witch cake was baked by Tibeta to try to fare out the witches who inflicted the girls' illnesses, although it proved provided no immediate answers, the girls started to claim that they have been bewitched by Tibetu and then two other marginalized members of the community, neither of whom were attended church regularly. Sarah Good and who was a beggar and Sarah Osborne, who was an elderly bedridden ridden woman who s- was scorned for her romantic involvement of an indentured servant she was bedridden yes good for her we like to hear it yep sarah osborne was bedridden because she was she she probably still got really game old. yeah she was like her i don't know if it was like all at the same time or what but that's the way like it kind of sounded so it's like mm, we'll go for it that's how we will imagine it so pastor paris um saw that it was a completely blasphemous act got super fucking pissed at that point because like then his in his mind his daughters ate um counter magic which is like all what he's not about yeah because that's what he should be upset about not someone fed her a piss cake (laughs) yeah it's not the piss cake it's that it was counter magic yeah obviously honestly though if she was a bratty kid like
1: I'm just kidding. No, that's still super gross. It's super fucking gross. I don't like it.
0: So, that is what started the witch trials. Um, They officially began in February 1692, and they did officially end in May um, 1693. So, as an educator and as, like, somebody who's around children pretty often, I would like to get kind of into just my thoughts and ideas and some of the things I've read with um, regarding The girls. Mm -hmm. So if you guys have been around children, any amount of times they listen, they may not seem like they're listening, or you might be thinking like, Oh, they're, they're fine. They're in another room. No, they are always listening. They hear if you're talking shit about somebody, they hear if you're saying they don't, you don't like that somebody, or if like, Oh, you wish this person would be bad. Or if you're struggling with money or anything like that, they listen they hear everything. They're snoopy as they fuck. do. Oh my God, they're so fucking snoopy. And I say
1: that like I was not snoopy as a child, but-
0: <laughs> Oh no, I was super fucking snoopy. I was very <laughs>
1: snoopy as a child.
0: Well, because you just want to know and you want to feel like an adult. And we've touched on this a little bit in previous episodes, but the way that these girls would have been treated at the point that they're having these convulsions and they're starting to accuse um, members of the community about being witches, they're going to be treated better probably than they have in a really long time
1: yeah even when I was doing research it was that was a huge point point and what they said mm-hmm. is children were worthless they were mm. workers and they were nothing else if they died it did not matter no I mean, unless it, it was to... like the son yeah and it mattered was... somewhat to the parents but that was it no one cared yeah. so when they finally had someone actually listening to them and this kind of they were treated incredibly well So there was no reason that they should not keep going. No, it's just I mean, there's as a human being, if you live in that kind of era where you're hungry and probably beaten a lot and dirty and tired and all of a sudden you mean
0: something as a child, you're going to keep doing that thing. Oh, yeah. And then also there's the um, parental pressure of like, okay, you see your child is like starting to get things and you're like baby i know that you're going to you're going through so much but really i think this one person so and so is not really great for the community parents still have so much mm-hmm. influence on children yeah so it's it really kind of comes down to the manipulation of children and the manipulation of the court system it's i i think there was probably some Bad grains or bad mushrooms, because I've also heard the one of like people went into foraging and found a listy, like you know, mm-hmm. the fun mushrooms. I don't do drugs, as you can tell. <laughs> the fun mushrooms. The fun. Mushrooms. Neither do I. I don't know why I'm judging you. Because <laughs> Claire guess what? what? I heard there are fungi.
1: Wow! <laughs> and that is exactly why we have never been offered drugs. No. (laughs) Because that's exactly what you would say.
0: 100%.
1: (laughs) I did a project in sociology in college. I had a service dog at the time when I was in college and for my seizures. And I literally did a project in sociology about the fact that because I had a service dog, no one would offer me drugs (laughs) because they all thought she was somehow also a drug dog. (laughs) I remember that and actually a drug dealer in the class then offered me drugs really I didn't know that he, he asked me for his my notebook for a second and then he wrote something down and he passed it back and it said if you ever want to <laughs> hook up here's my number <gasps> oh my god
0: <laughs> it's so good I didn't know that yep that's probably also why people didn't offer me drugs because it's because I was your roommate <laughs>
1: that's right yeah well because she remember she had seen uh, a drug dog on campus like smelling all the tires oh my god that was the worst two weeks ever because she did it to every fucking car and then she thought oh because she just thought every dog in a vest was what she was supposed to be doing and so she was like okay i'll do that and so she would just smell every tire and be like oh okay i i'm drug dog now and like smelling people's like bags and stuff <laughs> she had no clue what she was looking for but no, she, she would have found
0: it <laughs> it was the worst 2 weeks ever because yeah. it was going to parking lots it was awful it took forever she was such a good listener
1: unless she thought that she was doing the correct thing which was i will find drugs which i do not know what they smell like but
0: oh god i forgot about that well that's kind of what started the witch trials a lot of it really is just political stuff and as we get into political stuff we're gonna get into judge hawthorne he is probably my least favorite person i like i think i like the putman's almost better after i fucking read about this of course you'll probably change my mind about
1: that had the intellect to be devious
0: yes he was just stupid i mean okay. fuck wait until like you hear this this is he was he's probably as stupid as we think but he was kind of smart too i've got to give him that <laughs> but <sighs> i mean honestly i think i couldn't live with
1: myself after the court transcripts no that came out of his trials oh
0: god no john hawthorne's father name was william who was also known as being a bitter persecutor of quakers and responsible for ordering the public whipping of ann coleman in salem in 1662 so he's coming from a great tree yeah absolutely Solid. good good standards to meet oh god so he became a bookkeeper and was granted a small portion of his family estate on Mill Pond Farm, which is in Salem. He made a sizable income as a land speculator, um, but he didn't marry until he was 33, and it was to Ruth Gardner, who was the 14-year-old daughter of a Quaker family who fled to Hartford, Connecticut, leaving her in the care of her uncle. I mean, to be fair, what married... married, (laughs) To be fair,
1: what... To be married off age was like 12, 13. I mean, if you were promised to someone, it was usually earlier than that. But, you know, I guess 14 really isn't that unheard of. I think it's a little ironic that she was from a Quaker family, but whatever. He was older He was, he was at older. that point, so yeah. he was
0: probably a little desperate. And if we're going to be honest, Ruth probably actually lived a pretty decent life, I'm going to assume, because he was wealthy, so... She's got that going for her. Well, he was real busy being stupid about other oh, shit, so. God. Yep. So soon after he married in 1675, he acquired a ship, wore a liquor license, he earned enough money in the shipping trade, and he built a mansion. Good for him. So he's a well-off motherfucker. Yes. He's got six kids. Um, they ended up all going into sailors and becoming uh, merchants. So, like, they are well off. They are yeah, doing very good. So, in 1687, he was appointed to the Colonies Council of Assistance and was, he mediated over the dispute over whether Salem Village should break away from Salem Town. Actually, I'm going to pause really quick. And so, I'm drinking the old Smoky Moonshine, and I'm not drinking it out of the can. I'm actually drinking it out of the... um. A copper mug I already have and if you guys get those you need the copper mug because it's really crappy out of the can good insight because mm-hmm. I tried it
1: both just for you guys well we don't want people to think we have bad tastes Might hurt the brand it Might <laughs> doesn't sound good when we take a boozy dive
0: on shitty booze oh god no I mean there might be a day but not this so I'm going to tell you what some of the trials. So Judge Hawthorne actually presided over most over the St. Witch Trials. The reason why is some of the, the belongings of the convicted witches were routinely seized and used to pay for their jail expense. They are also served attendees, which stripped their rights, which stripped the witches' rights and including their right to own land how
1: fucking convenient
0: isn't that a nice little wrap up oh that? god this is what fucking pissed me off so much and it really makes me understand like do you remember Mary with mary's shit and like how she had 115 people going to up to bat for her and shit yeah it's because if she would have been actually convicted the judges the magistrates would have got her land and property and her money to pay for themselves. That is what happened with the majority of the witches that were single women or like had a large sizable income. That's what happened.
1: Don't we think that's a little, I know that bias is, you know, not important Um, in general, but especially at that time. Um, Maybe even then we could have gone, I don't think this is going to work out
0: well. And we're like, ah, if you convict him, you get everything. Mm -hmm. this is this is a quote I'm gonna read you guys the whole fucking thing but that is what's pissed me off the most is it's not even like they're because I do know their families did have to pay month to month for however long they were there of like their food and stuff but if they were single women that's what happened it didn't go to their daughters or their sons or anything like that it went to the judges to help pay for their fines and I'm using quotation marks just it's Fucking bullshit, guys. So Hawthorne's haste in convicting the detainees and his refusal to re- reconsider a verdict. Even after major witnesses had recanted their testimony, has some historians wondering if he wasn't profiting materially for his victim's demise. Which- wondering? <laughs> wondering. That's this is what it is, but it's like I think this is an earlier on quote, but if you look at it more, it's just like he really. They all were because they became even more well-off after. Yeah, Not suspicious at all. It's not. So the belongings of the victims were routinely seized, used to pay for their jail expense, and also served as attainers, which stripped them of their rights, including their right to own land and bequeath land. So if they weren't, so if they had like a daughter, but it wasn't already in their will, they couldn't actually say like, I want my daughter or son to have it. Yeah, it just was fucking. It fucking went to the court. It was gone. It was yeah. gone. So after Samuel Walder was executed and his wife sentenced to death, which were a couple other victims,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: the couple's property in Lynn, Massachusetts, was compensated and assigned to court officials, including Judge Hawthorne. Of course, it fucking was. <laughs> yes, this that case would have been a personal implications that Sarah Waldrell had been married to Hawthorne's younger brother, William. Even if the judges did not personally benefit from the witchcraft conviction, his calm in the presence of Satan's minions seemed somewhat odd as he had a devout man who professed his belief in satanic power.
1: Yeah. I'd be pretty chill too if I was getting all that stuff.
0: Over 200 victims, like 200 accusees and over 20 victims. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And some of them were like pretty teased, like well off people. Yeah. And 20 victims are just the ones that were executed, not the ones yes. who died in prison. No, because the ones that died in prison would have also their stuff would have been, would have been gone because yep. they were convicted or like they were sentenced. Or yeah, they were convicted. Yeah. They were detained. And so then as they were detained, they lost all of their rights to personal land. Yep. Which that's a big fucking deal. I'm just imagining everyone when, back that has then, that's fucking cattle. yeah
1: Yeah. back then land is all you had yes if if you were rich you had land it's not like you had a really great portfolio you know (laughs) you had land and animals and businesses stuff like that which all
0: of which could be taken away from you yep so he i really like i there's so much more to judge hawthorne that ah god he was just a shitty person in my opinion like he's not great Yeah, he's not great so i do believe that he did think something bad was going on like there's i do think there's like probably like some tiny little bit of part of him thought that maybe satan was there because like the girls were having convulsions and probably actual seizures
1: yeah i mean there was a
0: there was a genuine
1: genuine hysteria Mm -hmm. within the entire community now we're not saying that every single person believed it and we're also not saying that every single person was like let's just grab for shit but yeah I think it's very clear at that point that you did that on purpose even if there was a stare you're like oh this one
0: got a lot of shit I, I I think I could use that yeah like even if you're just subconsciously thinking it you're not thinking it in your brain you're subconsciously thinking like you're jealous of them that has a great implication on your um yeah
1: if you're benefiting from the downfall of so mm-hmm. many people you're going to help that downfall as much as you can and when you are in full control yes of that decision judge, obviously, you have
0: the right and power to re- to um take away the verdict and you don't that's really fucking shitty like yeah. goddamn so what's interesting is after the witch trials a majority of the people Um, Who were directly involved. So like some of the other judges. Did publicly apologize. Mm -hmm. But Hawthorne did not. Well he was too busy. Counting his money. Why would he apologize? He he made it all fine. He
1: he had to look at all his new land and cattle. And all that shit. He was too busy to apologize.
0: Fuck yeah. Oh god. And also there are statements that he did not show any remorse. For his actions during any of the trials. No absolutely not like as a human you should feel at least a little sad that like shit this is happening but he didn't have any remorse with convicting children women men or even as like the girls were having their convulsions
1: yeah and these were all people of his community which I'm sure he had grown up with Mm -hmm. been around his entire life yeah or like has had business dealings like some of these people were merchants yeah I mean it's not just like they picked hobos off the street and convicted Mm -mm. them
0: i mean these were active members of the community like there was a really good chunk of people that were active members along with the more destitute people like it was just a big fucking it was a mess crockpot of shit yeah so nathaniel hawthorne is john john's great great grandson nathaniel hawthorne wrote the scholar letter he actually added the w in his name to try to remove himself from john hawthorne Mm -hmm. um him and his family thought that john's persecution of the alleged witches brought upon a curse on the family yes Mm -hmm. and the succeeding generations after john hawthorne started to lose the money and land which fed the rumor so all that fucking money and land that he accumulated during the witch trials slowly like went through and also in my opinion a great-grandson is not actually that far removed yeah so in the beginning of the scarlet letter he wrote a scathing criticism of john and william hawthorne which he apologized for their actions and actually asked for the curse to be lifted because he was like thinking like he didn't condemn, he condemned their actions and really wanted, like, you know, his life to be a little bit better.
1: I'd like this to be done with.
0: I like this to be done with, please. Can I just be a good author?
1: Yeah, it would be nice if he did that and didn't ask, not that he shouldn't ask for the curse to be lifted, mm-hmm. but like apologize. Not okay, hold on. I do not believe at all that families should have to apologize for other families' actions. Every single person. In history, is responsible for their own actions. One hundred percent. It's not fair to condemn anyone else for their actions. But maybe like, don't ask. Like, don't start with the curse being removed. Yeah. Maybe just be yeah. like. And I also, it's probably made much worse because the dude never apologized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he I think shouldn't that's, have to feel like that's his responsibility to apologize.
0: It he and it's interesting to think. It's like you know. It's interesting because I still think at that point he was probably still being looked at upon as like, oh, you're John Hawthorne's yeah. great grandson, which I can absolutely totally understand that thing and being like wanting to remove yourself from that situation, which I understand.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt that he felt like he needed to do that. I don't believe that he should
0: have had to mm-hmm.
1: because I think that's wrong. You shouldn't be judged for other people's choices.
0: In a very strange twist, a number of John, John Hawthorne's descendants actually married descendants of accused, of accused witches, Mary and Philip English and John Proctor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So that'd be a weird family reunion. It really is. <laughs> but also, like you have a very small community, like a small group of people. Yeah, it's a small, small pickens. So, but ultimately, basically. John Hawthorne was a major fucking dick, opportunistic asshole. God, yes, uh, the sense of power and entitlement he had. Because, like in other, like previous things, whenever um, Salem Town wanted to switch from Salem Village, he fucking said, "Just figure out and let the Lord, Lord, lead you." He, there was no nothing in it for him monetarily, so he was not interested. No, no, no. he was busy doing other stuff really Mm -hmm. important stuff those are my two how the Salem witch trial started and judge hawthorne and i am actually going to make a book recommendation right now for any of our listeners it is called the witches it is by stacy shriff and it's from salem 1692 it's very interesting and i've been reading it after we started this whole thing but she's got some really good information i actually did not use any of it in my research just because like hers is she does such a great job all right those are my two cents okay
1: so i am going to be covering the infamous putman family so to start off with this uh sergeant thomas putman who is ann putman senior's husband and ann putman jr's father so to kind of get the Backstory on this: Thomas's grandfather, John Putman, was one of the founders of Salem Village, who had arrived in from England in the 1640s. The three principal accusers during the Salem Witch Trials were members of the Putman family, which were Thomas Putman and Putman Senior, and their daughter Anne Putman Junior. Interestingly enough, so Anne Putman Junior was 12 years old at the time of this trial. She was responsible for the accusations of 62 people. What the fuck? Which, along with the accusations of others, resulted in the execution of 20 people, as well as the deaths of several in prisons. Mm. Fun fact, only 20 people were executed during the Salem Witch Trials. All 20 were accused by Ann Putman Jr. All 20 of them. So, backing up, Thomas Putman was a sergeant in the local militia and they were a really powerful family they owned at the time of the trials they owned hundreds of acres of land um, and lived in a house on the south side of hawthorne hill they were really powerful families but around like 1690 because their wealth had been separated from generation to generation it was kind of dying down. Yeah. Thomas Pippen did not take kindly to this. He was like, I came from this strong family. His wife was part of the Carr family, which is an incredibly powerful family. So he had a big problem with success and political gain of his neighbors and, and other people who, basically anyone who had any sort of power or money in he the village.
0: was a very envious man.
1: Yes. And as we've covered in other episodes, that is a huge problem. <laughs>
0: God, yes.
1: Um, so he had kind of aligned himself with the new village min- minister in 1680, Samuel Paris, who not everyone supported. So it, it caused a lot of disagreements about the minister's wage and firewood mm-hmm. and ownership of the parsonage and that kind of thing. So a mix of this, of that, kind of those disagreements causing friction you know his family being looked down upon in that way Mm -hmm. and him losing money and not being kind of the status that he used to be it is pretty well known that he and his wife um and she was uh, about 32 i think at the time of this of the trials he was like 56 or something like that it's pretty known that Anne kind of heard them talking about and they and putman jr Heard them talking about people they disliked and they influenced her, like directly told her to name different people. So, Ann Putman, when she was 12, she actually kind of ran this group. There was, there was <gasps> she was like, the mean girl. <laughs> as we've said before, she was the mean girl. She led this group of 17 to 20 year old girls. Holy shit. Yes, she was the youngest. Ooh. She, led this kind of group of girls who were all involved in accusations it was like Mm -hmm. a little club I mean that's what the research says is it was an accusation club
0: okay yeah
1: and it is important to note that she was one of 12 children from them so Anne Putman yes Anne Putman Jr. was the oldest okay but on record none of the other Putman children accused anyone else now They could have, but record does not show anywhere that any other child of theirs did that. So that's kind of how the whole thing started. You know, it kind of went into what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were involved in that. But one person left, I think, what, Mary, one of the girls you were talking about? Yeah, Mary. Her father um, kind of saw what was going on and whisked her away. He moved her somewhere else and she was kind of like the head of it. Yeah. And so Anne became the leader. Yeah, yeah, so she kind of did all this stuff, um, to you know, inspire the other girls (laughs) to do what they did. Um, so Ann Putman Sr. was also very much involved, both her and her husband accused people as well. It wasn't just Ann Jr., but she was, I think, the main catalyst for what they chose to push through.
0: You know, it's yeah, it's more like they she was the one that was having these issues, so she started accusing people and then it kind of felt that her parents were also accusing yeah which makes sense still not great parenting
1: <laughs> Anne putman senior around the time of the witch trials she had just lost a baby um she had had you know several things happen she had had siblings die which i understand sounds very sad i i truly feel like that's bad but also like lots of people did that and not all of them were bad people
0: not um, all anyway, of them started accusing others of being a bitch and killing them basically,
1: yes. So, and so she had just lost the baby and she was pregnant again, mm. and she was not a super healthy woman, she had lots of you know health issues, as did Ann Putman Jr., um, kind of their whole lives. They always said that she got it from her mom, so I mean, that could be a, a big part of kind of the. Symptoms that they were having. Quite literally,
0: that child could have had epilepsy. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it was just a lot of that. And then they were just pushing her to name different people. I mean, she named all of them and Mm -hmm. her parents basically chose them. You know, there were 200 people accused in all, to be fair, 200 people accused in all, but 20 of them were executed. She named all 20 of the ones who were executed. And more that died in prison Mm. so pretty involved as a child now when (laughs) after the trials were done she got really sick and putman jr Mm -hmm. so her parents died in 1699 from a mysterious illness they died like within two weeks of each other so she was left to raise her nine surviving siblings by herself but she got a lot of health issues after hers got worse probably because a lot of shit happened and mental
0: um oh my god they're being so cute god damn it she's so cute okay so claire's cat just like rolled over and put one paw in the air and just looked right at the camera she um, was so cute um so
1: she took care of her nine siblings um but she got really sick after she did eventually, with the persuasion of their new minister, mm-hmm. uh, eventually apologize. I'm uh, not going to really read her apology because it's not a very good one. Uh, <laughs> oh God. So it, it does say that she was kind of wrong, but also it also kind of says that, well, everyone was doing it. So... I don't really think it needs the airtime
0: but I'm gonna agree to that so we we get she was a really shitty apologizer
1: yeah so she basically kind of took credit for uh very few of them she Mm -hmm. took credit for a couple of them and that she begged for forgiveness um and that she caused sorrow and took people away from the people that loved them uh but that was pretty much it I mean there wasn't there wasn't anything to it like I've done terrible things or lied (laughs) anyway but whatever. oh whatever uh so she actually never got married i mean she's um, not a great catch i don't imagine that people suitors were lining up after i i don't after. think so um and she actually died at the age of 36 in 1716 so she died relatively young they're pretty you know because she had been sick since the uh witch trials which is kind of like When we originally talked about the witch trials ending, a lot of it was they had had a lot of natural disasters after that. So in my brain, if you are apologizing because you got really sick and you think that's the problem, that's not really a good apology. It's not a good apology. So we will now talk about kind of what ended the witch trials. So on this, we kind of have to go back a little bit. So the witch trials started March 1st. 1692 on may 27th 1692 governor william phillips ordered the establishment of a special court in ordered the establishment of a special court of oyster or to here and terminer to decide of suffix essex middle essex countries the first accused which brought to the special court was bridget bishop an older wit- woman Known for her gossipy habits and promiscuity, which I don't know how accurate that is, but whatever.
0: Well, because we also talked about that, Bridget, um, the records got really mixed up because there is like between two or three other women that were um, yeah. accused.
1: So she was innocent, the defense and the defense found her guilty anyway. Uh, Just a few days after the court was established, respected minister Cotton Mather wrote a letter imploring the court to not allow speculative evidence testimony about dreams or visions. The court largely ignored this request, sentencing the hangings of five people in July, five more in August, and eight more in September. On October 3rd, following his son Cotton's footsteps his name is increase mather his first name was increase (laughs) then president of harvard he was okay so the president of harvard was named increase mather mather yeah oh at least according to this research (laughs) i love it yes denounced so the president of harvard denounced the use of specter evidence and he says it would be better that 10 suspected wishes Witches should escape, then one innocent person be condemned. Oh my god, reasonable common sense. (laughs) Holy shit, what is the world coming to? Don't kill people just because you want to take their shit or because you have a vendetta against them. So, Phipps, which is the governor, in response to these pleas and his own wife being questioned (gasps) as a suspected witch, the
0: governor's wife
1: got prohibited further arrests, and released many of the accused witches. He dissolved the courts on October 29th, replacing it with Superior Court of Judicator, which disallowed Spectre evidence and condemned just three out of 56 defendants much better odds yes by may 1693 Phillips had pardoned all of those imprisoned witchcraft charges but the damage was already done 19 men and women had been hanged at gallows hill at least five of the accused died in jail even animals fell victim to the mass hysteria when colonists in andover and salem village killed two dogs believing that they were linked to the devil
0: that actually kind of makes sense because a lot of witches um have familiars mm-hmm. i mean supposedly so i mean they probably thought they were the familiars but poor puppers i know babies um
1: and as we've kind of talked about you know in the following years of the trials and executions um several of the people publicly confessed error and guilt in on january 14, 1967 massachusetts general court ordered a day of fasting and soul searching over the tragedy in salem in 1702 the court declared the trials unlawful in 1711 the collie passed a bill restoring the rights and good names of many of the accused as well as granting a total of 600 pounds in restoration to their heirs but it wasn't until 1957 More than 250 years later that Massachusetts formally apologized for the events of 1692. That's depressing. I know. So basically, it kind of just ended because everyone was like, "Eh, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. And the governor's wife got accused. So
0: I mean, that is I kind of think that's like a power move of like, yeah, the governor's wife got accused and the governor's like, what the actual fuck? A small ass town in the middle of nowhere (laughs) is accusing my wife of witchcraft. Yeah, because from my understanding, Salem was not like a metropolitan like Boston. It was not large.
1: So the population of Salem Town and Village at the time of the witch trials cannot be stated with precision, but reasonable estimate for the population of the combined area was about two thousand residents.
0: So I guess two thousand is a little bigger than I thought it was, but mm. that's still not very large. Yeah,
1: it's not, it's not huge.
0: No, that's pretty fucking ballsy of them accusing the go- governor's wife.
1: Yeah, I think it was just like, I mean, to be fair, at that time, maybe they thought it'd be a good play for his job. I bet it was fucking George Haw- Hawthorne's idea. <laughs> I bet it was. But yeah, I mean, it ended kind of like it began. Quickly and weirdly. From decisions
0: of powerful people. It, it's a very weird slice of American history. That really kind of shows you that you've got to look into shit. Is there anything else you want to add to your research or what you've learned? No, I think that's it. There really wasn't
1: a ton. I mean, it was kind of cut and dry.
0: Yeah. It was such an interesting thing to do, and I'm very glad we did it. If you guys liked this podcast, please rate us, leave us a review if possible on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram at the Witches Didn't You Didn't Burn. And you can follow us on Twitter at Witches Didn't Burn. And again, we are available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Please share us with a friend that really helps us grow.
1: Yeah, it's been the series has been great. And we really enjoyed uh, having you guys here.
0: And we can't wait for you to see what's next. Yes, because now we'll go into learning about other women throughout history. If you have someone particularly in mind, please just leave a comment or add us and we'll look at it. We'll take it into consideration. All right. Bye guys. Bye guys.